0: Grace to you and peace from God, our Heavenly Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for this morning's message is from the epistle reading from the 12th chapter of Hebrews. I'm going to read several verses. For you have not come to the mountain that may not be touched, and burned with fire, to blackness and darkness and tempest the sound of a trumpet, and the voice of words, so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore." You got the gloom and the doom? Okay, but you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. You can sense the difference. The author is speaking about the heritage that the Jews claimed, that heritage of Mount Sinai, the chosen people, the set-aside ones who stood at the foot of the mountain of God and who heard the rumblings. And yet, the people who stood at the mountain of God and heard the voice of God and yet said, please, please, no more. Please, we can't bear it anymore. Let us in peace. See, the the writer of Hebrews wants you to understand that What God gives us is a different mountain. It in no way nullifies Mount Sinai. It in in no way wipes Mount Sinai off the face of the map or destroys the heritage that God communicated there. But it is a mountain that builds something totally different, and when we really get down to it, Mount Zion is the mountain where the greatest battle of all time was ever fought, and yet not a cannon was fired. Not an arrow was released from a bow. There were no loud explosions, and only one battle cry. You see the difference between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion is not in who's doing the work. Mount Sinai is every bit as much God working for His people as Mount Zion is. But Mount Sinai was meant to produce in people a lifestyle that would show others that relationship to God, but it failed. And it did not fail because God failed. But rather it failed because the very people who claimed that chosenness, the very people that heard the rumbling and the thunder and saw the fire and the lightning, turned their back on the God of Mount Sinai and pursued other gods. they left Mount Sinai in the middle of the desert. And we can prove that by looking at the reaction of the leaders of the temple to that Lamb of Mount Zion, Jesus Christ. Every time Jesus deals with the rulers of the temple, it's a confrontation, a battle, a war, and Mount Sinai seeks to conquer Mount Zion. Mount Sinai seeks to intrude itself upon the holy plan of God for Mount Zion. So what is Mount Zion? What is that great battle that was fought? What is this? great occurrence. Go to any of the Gospels. Go to the end of the book. Two events occur at the end of each of the books of the Gospels, the first being the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the second being the resurrection. And I'm speaking about that mountain, Calvary. The Mount Zion, where God sets his people free. Where God once and for all deals with the problem of Satan. And on that cross, Christ fights that battle for you and me. And without a shot being fired... With only a battle cry "A Father, forgive them, it is finished. And, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I know there's other sayings from the cross. I just want to focus on those three. Those are the only cries of battle that are heard. And yet in them, God reclaims His people as He forgives them their sin by the blood of Christ shed on the cross and as Jesus shows His people where true security is found in the Father's hand. You see, that great battle, there was no noise. There was Well, there was an earthquake, but it happened after the conclusion of the battle. There was nothing of note except for a man upon a cross. And people gathered around hurling insults, which probably was an everyday occurrence in the Roman Empire. There was nothing of note. Until you look at what Jesus said until you understand the battle He fought for us and the true sacrifice He offered. I do want to offer one side note. The the end of the reading for today in in verse 24 speaks better things than the blood of Abel. By by the way, the writer of the Hebrews is not talking about when Abel was killed by Cain, He's talking about Abel's sacrifice, the sacrifice of a firstborn lamb without spot or blemish, because that ties into God giving up his firstborn, his son, the unblemished lamb of Zion who takes away the sin of the world." It makes better sense if you understand that, that it's not, well wait a minute, Cain kills Abel and that's compared to Jesus, what? Makes better sense if you understand it's Abel's sacrifice, and it makes better sense. If we understand we journey past Sinai all the time, every time we look at the Ten Commandments Every time we read the Old Testament account, I hope I didn't need that, every time we make that journey through the desert, we go past Mount Sinai. But we go, through, we go past Mount Sinai to get to Jerusalem, to get to Calvary. And to see Jesus. That in him we might hear. Our sins are forgiven. Our guilt is taken away. The filth and stain is washed away. By the blood of the spotless lamb that God gives for his people. Therefore, when we look to Mount Calvary. Gruesome as it is. We see there the glory of God revealed. We see there heaven's gate open, that we might dwell with the angels and all those souls made perfect by the Lamb, that we too might understand that this mountain has already been conquered for us. And that we're on the ride of a lifetime as God, our God, calls us home. May we daily look to that journey. May we see the difference it makes. Oh, by the way, Bolzano. Okay, so when we were, by the way, we were, we were Christmas marketing, and Bolzano had a very very nice Christmas market. Understand this, Salzburg is on the north side of the Alps, and therefore it is influenced by a body of water that's a little bit cold. It's called the North Sea. How many people want to go swimming in the North Sea? You cross over the Alps, and then, so, we're bundled up. We had a snowball fight outside of the salt mines in Salzburg with some local kids. Did you hear what I said? A snowball fight. Gisela's smiling. She knows exactly what I'm talking about. We had a snowball fight. The next day, we're walking around in church sleeves through the, the uh, Christmas market because we're on the Mediterranean side. And we get the warm breezes from the Mediterranean, not the cold breezes from up north. Zion does that for us too. When we see Jesus, we understand life differently. When we look to Mount Zion, we no longer have the fear of Satan and hell. That we would have. We have a new respect for the life that God has given to us. When we look at life through Mount Zion, we see the joy of heaven. We feel the warmth of God and the love of God. And we no longer fear that dark, gloomy, fire covered mountain. Because he's taken it for us. Journey to that mountain and find there your life and your hope. In Jesus Christ. Amen. Now may the peace that passes all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.